There's a question that often gets shared about this time of year, whether it be with holidays or whenever we run into people that we don't see very often. Um, this question, it tells us a lot of what the relationship is with the person who asks and answers it. The question is very, very simple. It's not very profound, but it's one that we probably answer on a daily basis, and we probably ask it pretty regularly, and we don't even realize it. The question that I'm referring to is, how are you doing? Now, I, I, I know I, I ask that question pretty regularly. Um, how are you doing? And, and it really kind of tells me what the relationship is between me and this person. For example, if I'm walking around Walmart or Rouse's and um, I'm shopping and finally run into somebody and we, we find a way to figure out who it is behind the mask, because that's been happening a lot, right? If, I'm, if I run into somebody, though, and it's somebody that I may not have seen in a long time, or someone I recognize but can't really remember from where, you get the word, how are you doing? Most of the time, the way we answer that question in that situation is, everything's fine. Everything's good. We just kind of exchange pleasantries. We smile. Even though you can't see it, you've got to see it with the eyes, right? Like, we, we smile. We just, everything's good. Your car could be on, a, in, on fire in the parking lot, and you would still say, everything's good. Everything's fine, right? Just exchanging pleasantries. If somebody would be, if it's somebody like a work colleague or somebody and says somebody, somebody says to you, how are you doing? That might open up a little bit more of a subject, a little bit more of, a, of something, right? It might be, how was that project? Or how was that issue we had at work? Or how was that thing that happened? How is it going? How are you doing? Then we go a little bit further. Like, and if it's somebody that's a really close friend or some little bit like distant family, might be, how are you doing? And the first thing might be, well, let me give them an update on mom. Or let me, give them, let, me, let me let them know what's going on with dad. How are you doing is something that it, it dictates how, much, how vulnerable we're willing to be with the other person. The person that we're really close to, the person that we really trust, when we say, how are you doing, that's when the real stuff comes out. Well, I'm, I'm struggling with blank. I'm having a hard time with this. I can't, I, I'm really tired of blank. Those how are you doings tell us how vulnerable we are willing to be with the other person. And why am I starting, this, starting off this, this Advent season with such, a, with such a seemingly boring question or a mundane question? Because I think if we're going to go into this Advent season, a time that is meant to be a time of preparation, a time that is meant to be a time of us getting ready to receive Jesus at Christmas, where the church sees it fit to give us four weeks to prepare, if we're going to prepare to receive Jesus as our Savior again and anew, then we've got to start off where we're at. And we can start off by asking a very simple question of how you're doing. Now, don't confuse this, though, because when we ask that question, when we start there today, I don't want it to be the grocery store, how are you doing? I don't want it to be, everything's fine, everything's good, it's easy. Instead, I want it to be that we're asking this question, we're going to reflect on this question in relationship to a God who already knows how you're doing. We're going, to we're going to reflect on this question in relationship to a God who knows exactly where we are. 
even if that's tired, frustrated of 2020? How has the last six, eight, 12 months been to you? How are you doing? I think it's important for us to start where we are. If we're going to prepare well for Christmas. If we're going to enter into this Advent season well. Because as we prepare during this Advent season, I think there's three things that we have to do well. The first thing we have to do well is we have to recognize and admit that we need a Savior. Number one. I think the second thing we have to do and we need to do well is we need to wait well. And I think the third thing that we have to do and we have to recognize is that when it is time to receive Jesus, we actually receive Him. We're prepared and we're ready to actually receive Him. Let's take those three points, one at a time. First one, to admit that I need a Savior. In the first reading today, the first reading today is my fav- one of my favorite readings in all of the lectionary. In everything that we read, in all the Masses that we're going to re- pray over the next two, two three, four years, I, it is one of my favorite readings by far. It's from the prophet Isaiah. And one of the things that Isaiah says in it, Isaiah is speaking on behalf of Israel. He's speaking on behalf of a people, on behalf of a people that have been kicked out of their promised land that don't have a temple to worship in because that was the central place for them to offer worship. And they are destitute. They are hopeless. And he speaks on behalf of the people and he says, Lord, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That you would rend the heavens. That word might seem a little bit off. If you would rip open the heavens and come down with the earth quaking before you and all these magnificent deeds, would, would that you could rend the heavens and step down into the world. Whenever I hear that, for me it sounds like this. Lord, my life is a mess. And I need you to be real. My life has stuff. There's a lot of things that are against me right now, and I need you to be real. Like in this Advent season, Lord, you need to prove to me that you are real and that you care. We need a Savior. We need to admit that there are those things. We need to start where we are. Whatever those things are in our life right now that might be weighing us down, that might be just causing a little bit of tension in our heart, that might be frustrating us or causing anger, or we forgot the freaking mask again and i got to go get that out the car. Like I I know at a certain point, there's a lot of stuff in my life, and Lord, you need to prove to me that you're real. You need to prove to me that you care. I think that's the first place to start. Second thing is we need to, we need to be, be willing to wait. Now, when it comes to waiting, um, our culture is, is terrible at it, <laughs> to say the least, right? Instant gratification, we want it right now. The fact that Amazon has an app is the worst thing in the world because I have spent more useless money on useless things than I can ever imagine. 
And if you, done, if you haven't done it yet, I'm sure somebody's going to start doing the Black Friday or the, the Cyber Monday scrolling and buying a bunch of stuff that we probably don't need. And then we pay the extra shipping to get it here a little bit earlier, right? Because we, our, our we have a hard time with waiting. But I think one of the reasons why we have a hard time with waiting a lot of the time is because waiting is uncomfortable. And quite honestly, I'm tired of discomfort. <laughs> waiting is not, is not something we like because it's, it, it stretches us. And I, I don't like being uncomfortable. This year, um, this, isn't a, this isn't a sign of judgment, but I think it's a sign of how 2020 has been to most of us. Um, this year is the, is the earliest that I've ever seen Christmas decorations go up. It's something I noticed. Like It was like Halloween, trick-or-treat. The candy's still sitting on the table. It ain't all been eaten yet, and the tree is up, right? But I think one of the reasons why is because we want to escape the waiting. We want to escape the... We want to get the feelings of Christmas. We want to hurry it up and let it get here. Because quite honestly, 2020 has been enough of a pain in the butt, and I don't want to go back to it. And if I can distract myself with presents and with trees and with lights and with all the stuff, then you know what? I don't have to wait, and I can have it right now. But there's something that we're taught in the waiting. And there's something that I think as we approach this Advent season, it's meant to stretch us. It's meant to, it's meant to cause us to feel that longing for the Lord. It's meant to make us wait. I, uh, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, just had, her, just had a baby. And I, I've seen her a good bit. And over the course of the last couple of months, she's, she's grown and she's, she's looked more and more pregnant. And she's like been glowing as a mom does the later on she gets in her pregnancy. And at a certain point, I remember seeing her. It was about a month left before her due date. And she finally just said, like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I want to have my kid. <laughs> This is exactly, if we, want to, if we want to sit with some moment in salvation history, this is exactly where our Blessed Mother is. If we, want to, if we want to imagine, we want to pray with someone through the Advent season, it's the home stretch of her pregnancy. She can't wait to hold her son, to, to, to be able to see her son face to face, to see God incarnate, to see God step down. She can't wait to hold him. And she's got one month left. And, and she's ready. But there's still that last little bit that the Lord wants to teach her. There's that last little bit that the Lord wants to stretch her with. The last little bit that God wants to reveal Himself to her in this last month. And in the same way, we as a people, we as a Christian people who desire the Lord more than anything, who are expecting Him and waiting for Him, get to sit with her in a privileged space. And pray with her as she comes through this last month. Point of Advent is to, to get us to wait. And finally, I think the third thing for us is that whenever the Lord does come, that we're ready to receive Him. In the first reading, we hear also about this hardness of heart that, we, that, that, the, that the prophet talks about. That the hardness of heart is because of the hardness of our heart, we have a hard time receiving the Lord, but instead we're supposed to be like clay in the potter's hand. What happens whenever we, what happens if we want to use an image, right? Clay works well when it's wet. 
it's malleable when it's wet. If it's not wet, it dries out and it sticks to one shape. But if you want to get a piece of clay to do something, you need it to be wet. Everybody seen the movie Ghost and you know the scene, right? Like, yeah, that one, right? Like with the whole, like you want to shape it and make it where it's a vessel to receive. But when it's not wet, what happens is that it, it, it's stuck. It, 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 if it's a ball of clay and it's not wet, it's, it's not going to be malleable. It's not going to be able to change. The image of the Holy Spirit in Scripture over and over, there's a lot of different images, but one of them is the grace of the Holy Spirit is like dew. It's like water that comes down and it softens the hard heart. It softens the clay of our heart that it can be formed, it can be changed. What keeps us, what pulls us away from relationship with God, what pulls us away from that spring that keeps our, the, the clay of our heart wet is whenever we turn away from Him, we, start to, we, we pull ourselves out of relationship. Like, I don't know about you, I, I know in my life, whenever, there's a, whenever I'm struggling with something, that's usually whenever I say, you know what, God, hold on, I'm going to go take care of this myself. That pulling out of relationship with God lets, gets everything a little bit more rigid. We're not malleable. We're not formable. He can't, turn, he, can't, he can't shape us into the vessel that He desires us to be. Instead, we get hard. And our hearts grow hard and they grow weary, and it's not able to be formed and to receive the grace that God has for us. Whenever we go into this Advent season, this time of, this time of preparation is also a time of being formed into the vessel that God wants us to be. So that at Christmas, whenever he, His Son comes, we're ready to receive the grace anew. Pope Benedict once said, he talked about this image of a vessel, and he said, what happens is, is that whenever, whenever we are, are being formed into something greater, the Lord will stretch us. The time of waiting will actually stretch the vessel so we can receive more, so that it can have a greater impact in our life, that God can work bigger works in and through us. So in this way, when we come to this time, when we, come to the, when we come to Advent, the goal of Advent is for us at the end to be ready to receive the Savior anew and even more fully. If we approach Advent with those three ways, if we approach Advent first recognizing that we need a Savior, praying that He would rend the heavens, rip open the heavens, and step down into my life. If we approach Advent willing to wait and not to try and escape the waiting, and if we approach Advent expecting and being ready to receive the Lord, this Advent could be the best Advent of your life. And this ad best Advent of your life will lead to the best Christmas of your life because you will have prepared, and I will have prepared, and we as a church will have prepared well for the coming of the Savior. The best way to stretch our hearts, the best way to, to receive that grace of the Holy Spirit the best way that we have on this, side of the, on this side of the grave is through the sacrament of reconciliation. Where the Lord comes in and He takes the imperfections out. He pours out His grace anew that our hearts may be formed. If we admit that we need a Savior, we wait well, and if we are ready to receive Him when He comes, 
Christmas will be the best Christmas of your life. It'll be the best spiritual high, the best spiritual experience you have ever had in your life. All we have to do is engage. How amazing would it be if 2020, would fl- the, the script of 2020 would flip? That because of the best advent of your life, you have the best Christmas of your life. That this time of preparation could prepare you well for the Christmas gift. May we, today as we come to Mass, as we come to receive our Lord anew, as we come to begin this Advent preparation, may we be aware of where we are starting. That's why I say, how are you doing? Today, maybe as we continue this Mass, this week, as we continue this week, as we begin this Advent season, ask the question at some point, it could be today for church. It could be tomorrow whenever you're, you're driving to work. How are you doing? Imagine that the Lord is asking you directly, how are you doing? And just let Him know. Today, we come to begin this process. We come to receive our Lord. And we come to prepare for His coming at Christmas.